0: I, I kind of want to uh, apologize to you as your, as your pastor. We just, we just got done with, with worship, right? We, we sang some songs and then we prayed for the team and then we did some of our announcements and, and, and things that we can really disciple, go there for, and make disciples. And now this is the message portion of the service today, which is everyone's favorite, right? Yes. Everyone's favorite uh, portion of the message. My 11-year-old disagrees, but whatever. And uh, I want to apologize because I really love worship. I mean, I uh, being hard of hearing, I can't sing, but it, it's still my spiritual gift. Okay, I mean, it's we learned that last week, and, and I love I love worship. I love I love uh, lifting my hands. I love I love singing. Uh, I love uh, lifting my voice. Uh, years ago, I, I saw a friend of mine. We went to church together. I started singing. Remember, I'm deaf. I started singing, and he goes, "Oh, I miss your horrible voice." I mean, that was like. And that was like a staple of his childhood was me poorly singing in church, you know. I, I love worship. Uh, but I, I have to apologize to use your pastor because we've been calling the, the songs, the, the, the three songs or the four songs that we do, we've been calling that worship. If we've been calling that worship. Worship is so much more than, than just singing a song or, or clapping our hands or, or you know, having a beautiful melody come from our, our our mouth, or a horrible melody that Jesus goes, oh shucks, you know, uh, uh, it is it is so much more than that. Matter of fact, many of us, just because you're here today and you're not watching a football game, come on, somebody, uh, you're not watching Joe Burrow lose once again, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. You know, uh, you're here today. Uh, maybe you woke up this morning and said, I don't want to go. You're like a child all over again. I don't want to go. I had a hard week, but you're here today. That is worship. So turn to your neighbor and say, thank you for worshiping. Thank you for worshiping. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm here to worship. I'm here to worship. Because you know what worship is? Worship, it, it, it goes beyond singing. It goes beyond The music. Now, we we have some great messages on worship. I'm going to show you on our YouTube channel. We have three great messages. Worship is my prescription. It was in the Samsung series. I remember six steps. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sacrifice. Worship. And we went nuts. We learned to raise our voice and to lift our hands. Uh, I mean, even men in the church went like from this to this. It was incredible, right? So we worshiped. This was another one was Change Your Worship in our Bible Stories collection of talks last year. And then that was that was excellent. And then this one, if you really want to learn something, watch Pastor Lindsey on um, Worship Over Worry. Uh, man, in our On Earth As It Is in Heaven series on our YouTube, on our Spotify, Apple, and whatever uh, Google Play does. I have no idea. And so uh, I just want to say worship. The title of my message today is It's Worship Beyond Music. So I apologize for calling The worship, worship, I'm probably going to still continue to do that. But did you know just being at the door and greeting somebody today is worship? Did you know just sitting here in the sanctuary, even if your hands aren't raised, even if if the worship team sees you like this, they're they're still going to worship, but also you're worshiping as well. That worship goes beyond music. Here's a great definition of worship. Worship, go ahead, worship is the adoration and praise of God, ascribing to him the value and the worth that is due to him. So when I serve for God, last week we, we learned about our, our, our essential gifts. That when I serve God, I'm acknowledging God. When I serve for God, I'm acknowledging God. And it includes a recognition of one's own dependence on God. It is inspired by God's greatness as well as God's goodness extended to oneself and to others. Worship deepens a relation to God on our part, and it leads to our own fulfillment. It leads to our own fulfillment. A deeper translation or a deeper uh, meaning says, in worship, human beings recognize God for his attributes, expressing his adoration. God, you're awesome. God, you're amazing. Expressing uh, praise. Father, I glorify you. Thanksgiving, thank you, Jesus. Service, what we do. And also living, holy Lives Worship uh, constitutes the primary calling of humans. And so what is the true definition of worship? Worship is everything we do that's directed towards God. You can go to work tomorrow and you can worship. Man, you could go home today and you could be with your family and you're going to worship. Everything that we do that is directed towards God is worship is worship worship is so essential and and, and hear me out you know, I don't, I don't want to skip the, the, the singing part of worship or the praising or raising my hands or what we can do with our bodies on Sunday morning, but worship goes beyond Sundays. Romans chapter 12, it says, So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. I, I really like it, right? I like finding uh, church verses, and then we'll just add a verse, and it just changes the entire context. Be a living sacrifice you know, you, you be to, unto God. But when I sacrifice for God, I'm actually worshiping God. This is truly the way I worship him. 1 Corinthians chapter what, 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. And so if you read from Genesis all the way to Revelation, if you read in God's word and you read about identity and you read about who I am in Christ and what's my position in Christ and and if you go on any kind of study, one of the first things you're going to learn is that we were created to worship. We were created to worship. What's my purpose in life? Well, number one, it's to worship him to glorify God. Worship isn't only on Sundays, it's our entire life. It is every single thing that I do, directed towards God, is worship. Can I just tell you that really changes my perspective. If you don't enjoy your job, and maybe you take a step back and go, God, maybe you placed me in this job. Maybe I'm in this job for a reason. Maybe I'm not just here to make money for the company. Maybe I'm here for my coworker. Maybe I'm here for my boss. Maybe I'm here for the clients that I'm going to talk to on the phone. Maybe I'm here for a reason. And so if I was created to worship, I'm going to worship you at my job. I'm going to work the best I can. I'm going to go the second mile. I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that you're glorified because I was created to worship. So you say, okay, Jeremy, uh, give, me, give me some more uh, examples of that. We worship God by living a holy life and a life of purpose. So worship is praise, adoration, thanksgiving, but it's, only, it's also holy living. It's holy living. When we say, Lord, um, I want to worship you and I want to please you, that the things that I do is for his glory, is for his adoration, and it's directed towards him. Holy living is my way of worshiping. Why did you wait until marriage? Because it's my worship. Man, why, why did you choose not to get angry when you had every right to get angry because I choose to worship. Man, why why did yep, why 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 did you not cheat and lie and, and maybe you had moments of of you know, lack of integrity and maybe just yeah, why why didn't you because because it's my worship. That is how I worship God. So worshiping God by living a holy life and a life of purpose. And I want you to know our first purpose on this planet is to worship Jesus. To worship God. And when I worship him, I am then fulfilled. But then my second purpose is to discover what he placed inside of me. What is the plan that God has for my life? And I am convinced you will only know, you'll only know the purpose of what to do until you first begin to worship him. When you worship him, then you begin to realize what he called you to do. And so when we worship God, he is pleased and we are fulfilled. So don't get, me wrong. don't get me wrong. It is not just God, 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 God. But when I worship the Lord, then in return, he fills me. He restores me. He heals me. He speaks to me. He leads me. He guides me. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. All right. Now, if you're brand new in the essential series, I'm going to teach, and then I'm going to preach. All right. And so I'm teaching you right now. And says this. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice Praise the God. Proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good. I want to take worship beyond the songs of Sunday morning. And I want worship to be every single thing we do Monday through Saturday. That I want worship to praise God. But also don't forget to do good. To share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please the Lord. There's many different ways we could worship him. Now, there's a really great book um, by, Dr., uh, by Gary Thomas, and he wrote a book called the, uh, uh, the Pathways, The Sacred Pathways. And he lists out nine sacred pathways. So if you took that Uversion, scan the version code, you're going to see this on the U-Version app. Go to version look for Avenue Church. You can even text notes to 702-727-8280. But here are sacred pathways, and he lists nine sacred pathways. Pathways. Now these pathways, and I love this illustration because these pathways are ways that we can see God, ways that we that we can relate and begin to love God, therefore we can worship God for who he is. We can worship God beyond what we do, and we can worship God for who we see him, for who he is. And so the first one is a naturalist that when you're outdoors, you're like God's amazing. Like this is incredible. When you're hiking, you're like, I right, look. God is, is so real. How can you not? For me, when I hike, I go, Where's the gift shop, man? I need, I need a bathroom. Yeah, I get like that's just not me. I'm not a naturalist. I don't get all excited out there in wilderness. But if you do, then that is that could be a form of worship. But the danger is, and, and we've seen this time and time again for naturalists, is you can be outdoors and love God, but then the moment you take your eyes off God, you begin to love n- nature, and you begin to glorify nature, and you begin to say, and then, you get, it, then it just becomes a hot mess of, I don't know what it is, vortexes and magnets, I don't know, whatever. The second one is sensates. I just totally offended someone. Ew, that's fine. Second one is sensates. You love God with your senses. All five senses, there's ways to do that, whether it's even communion, the taste of communion or incense, where, where you know, in, in different traditions in the you know, Catholic Church or whatever, different senses, as well as the feelings. I, I feel God, but sometimes we can worship how we feel versus worshiping God. Sometimes a, a sensei begins to worship worship instead of worshiping God. Big difference. Uh, traditionists, you love God through rituals and, and symbols. And, and this is, this is. I mean, this could be godly through you know, crosses, through different things like that. Uh, 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 what, what is this? Assex. sex, aesthetics, sex Loving God and, say that real loud for me. Aesthetics. Thank you, aesthetics. Aesthetics? Thank you, Pastor Lindsey. And so, I'm deaf. Leave me alone. It's okay. All right? Loving God in solitude. In simplicity, this is not me. That probably didn't even know what that word was. But in solitude, like you just when you're alone by yourself, the introverts in the room said, you know, like <laughs> man, you just you just you just know God's there with you. Be still and know I am God. That is wonderful, but the danger is you can isolate yourself from the community. That's the danger. Uh, activists, loving God through confrontation. Activists in the room, you know. And this is actually Moses in the Bible. This is many warriors in the Bible. We, you, when, you, when you do justice for the Lord, you're going, I love Jesus. Like this is worship unto him. And there is certainly a time and a place for that. But the danger of the activists is they become really mean. They get really mean and really judgmental. And so we have to be careful. Caregivers loving God by loving others, and a lot of people. And, and caregivers typically are, are, are the doers in the church. Caregivers are like, I feel so close to God when I just serve. When I just, I just, I feel so fulfilled when I make a difference for others. But the danger is, is that you begin to worship serving others for yourself versus for God. Look at me today. I did a good thing today. Instead of saying, God, I did it for you today. It was tough. It was difficult, I woke up early, I went to bed bed early, I woke up early, but I did it for you. Uh, Enthusiasts, loving God with mystery and celebration. Man, I'm gonna continue, because I don't have much time. Contemplatives, loving God through adoration. Or intellectuals, loving God with the mind. And there's dangers in every single of these areas because these are areas that we can exchange God for. We can exchange God for, but I wanted to show you these pathways because there are different ways to grow closer to God. Think about if you're a, uh, you know, someone who enjoys solitude and simplicity and you come on Sunday mornings and you go, I kind of felt the presence of God, but I didn't hear God, I didn't feel God, then maybe you have to have that quiet time every single morning in silence and solitude with your word. And so there's different pathways to worship. But Hebrews chapter 12, though, says this, therefore, we're surrounded by such a crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Strip off every weight that slows us down. So what is distracting us? What is, what, is, what is pulling us down? What is keeping us from God? Especially sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. But we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. By keeping our eyes On Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, the champion who initiates. Oh, i let you know my my new King James right there. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So when I go to work on Monday and I don't go, I hate my job, I fix my eyes on Jesus. I say, Jesus, you have me here at this job I just so love. But why do you have me here? Maybe he won't promote you until he uses you in your job. Maybe it's your family. Maybe there's different perspectives that we have to have. I don't know. But the key is to fix our eyes on Jesus. He initiates, He perfects our faith because, why? Because He died on the cross. Because He took a chain. And He is seated in the place of honor beside God's Throne. When I worship God, I fix my eyes on God. I fix my eyes on Jesus. When I fix my eyes on Him, I trust Him. I'm adoring Him. I'm praising Him. And so, church, what you look at or admire is what we worship. If I'm out there in the wilderness, I'm going, Look at the trees and look at the bushes. Instead of saying, God, look what you created. You're so creative. My goodness, I'm, also, I'm like super spiritual when I see the ocean. When I see the ocean, I'm like, my problems are so, God, you can give us 1,000 buildings for Avenue Church. God, you can heal my, my body. You can, heal, you can, get, you can bring uh, you know, healing to my ears. God, you can do extraordinary things. When I'm up in the plane at 30,000 uh, feet in the air, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Lord, forgive me of my sins. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's whatever you look at. Whatever you fix your eyes on or admire is what you worship. And friends, if we were created to worship, saved or not saved, if we were created to worship, living in darkness or living in the light, we were all created to worship. But we all created to worship. But here's the problem. We all worship something. We all worship something. We all worship Something. I can honestly tell you before I came to Christ, I worshiped Jeremy. And I worship, how can I be successful? How can I, you know, whatever it is, not even make a difference? How can I be known? We all worship something. And there's a seatbelt verse. If you're on the airplane and there's turbulence and the pilot says, you know, oh, a little turbulence there, fasten your seatbelts. Well, there's a seatbelt verse in Romans chapter 1. And this is Paul and he's writing to the church in Rome. And and Church of Rome is it's, it's 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 like it's like Vegas, right? I mean it's it is it is growing. Uh, it's, it's diversity uh, in Rome. They got the Roman Raiders. Come on, somebody, you know, like uh, the Roman aces. I don't know uh, the Roman knights. Uh, anyways, and uh, in Rome, it's it's very much like Vegas today. And Paul writes to them, to the Christians in Rome. And this is what Paul says to the Christians in Rome. He says, for what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes. We see it everywhere. If we're created to worship, I can see God in everything. And I can give glory to God in everything. Namely, his external power and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. Good Lord, Paul, the activist, you know, like. And he says this, for although they, although they knew God, go ahead, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their foolish hearts were darkened. Why? Because they didn't honor the Lord. So where did that come from? How did they stop honoring God? They claimed to be wise, but they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God. They exchanged the glory of Jesus, of, of God. And they, they, they exchanged the glory for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals. creepy things, creepy, 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 creepy things, and creepy things, and this is what it says in the next verse, therefore, God gave them up, God gave them up, I hope my preaching inspires you to use your gift, come on somebody, it's a hot mess up here sometimes, therefore God gave them up in the lust of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies amongst themselves. And they, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped. I want you to see that. They exchanged the truth for a lie. So they said, no thanks. This is the truth. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to believe. And they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Who was blessed Forever. And we see this in our day and time. I mean, for, for idols, an idol is anything that has, you've exchanged in the place of God. For us today, what does that mean when I read idol in the Bible? An idol means it's anything that you love more than God. You know, uh, I think it was like last year, uh, or you no, know, it was the beginning of this year. I, had to, I wanted to go see my grandmother. She was hospitalized, and, and so I packed my bag, and I told my wife, babe, I mean, it's it's McCarran. It's easy. It's, I'm gonna get there. It's a carry on. And so when I rolled up to McCarran and I walked through the TSA checkpoint, the checkpoint, I've never, I've been here for 17 years. The checkpoint was all the way almost to the parking garage at McCarran. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss my flight. Talking to my wife. I'm thinking about some people that work at McCarran, you know what I mean? Like, help me, you know. And so I was just, all right, I'm going to get in line. And as I'm in line, I'm going, why are there so many people here? I turn and I ask somebody and they go, I don't know. I was just here for the Taylor Swift concert. I said okay. And so as we get in line, I ask somebody else, why do you think there's so many people online? I don't know, but I just came from the Taylor Swift concert. I get the TSA I go, why are there so many people online? Is it always like this? Do I need to plan ahead? And they go, the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> now am I saying she's an idol? No, but I think some people are worshiping her. And I don't mind if you're a swifty, be a swifty all for all I care. <laughs> but we have to be careful that we're not exchanging the truth for a lie. The truth for a lie. The truth for a lie. And when we exchange the truth for a lie, we have exchanged our worship. And we get pretty good at it, though, church. Like you are we are really intelligent. When we exchange the truth for a lie, we exchange what we're truly worshiping. No, I I can't go to church this weekend. My job's really busy. No, if you understand, and, and I've said this before, if I work hard now, maybe I'll have more time later. I'm exchanging the truth. For a lie, and I'm going to tread lightly because I'm a father, and and we're we're about to adopt, and and you know I love I love my family, I love my son, but if I'm teaching my son that sports is more important than church, I'm exchanging the truth for a lie. If 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 if, yeah, I'm I'm going to back up on that one, all right? Because we cannot exchange the truth for something that. Looks like truth, but it's actually a lie. It's actually a lie. In Psalms 115, it says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but by your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all those who trust in them. That is one of the reasons why money is talked about more by Jesus in the Bible. Because the money, it's, the, it's, it's, it's not evil, but it's the root of all evil. It is our currency for today. If I had more money, I could fill in the blank. If I could just, you know what, I'll use my tithe over here instead of giving it to God. Because our tithe is 10% of worship. It belongs to the Lord. But here's the thing. When we withhold, God's going, uh, God's not going, I want your money. God says, I want your heart. I want your heart. And it's so interesting. Their idols are silver and gold shaped by human hands. Those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. How do I know, how do, how do I know we worship money? If I have a lot of money, am I happier? If I don't have much money, am I unhappy? We cannot change the truth for a lie. But those who make idols are just like them and all who trust in him. Worship is reflective. If, if uh, Lindsay and I, we went, uh, we went down to the uh, casino uh, for a movie, heathens. <laughs> for a movie. Came back home. When we came back home from a movie, and you know how it is at the, at the casino trying to get to the movie theaters, you know, you're dodging every which smoke and all that. And when we get home, Levi goes, you smell like cigars. <laughs> well, son. But it's funny because what we worship, we become. What we worship is reflected. I said this in the last message, but worship in the original meaning, is worth-ship. Worth-ship. But I want to take a different angle on that. What we worship, worship means we are declaring what is worth it. What we worship, we say, no, 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 it's fine, whether it's money, career, family, success, identity. Uh, in this day and age, man, we, we, we exchange identity for lies. But I want you to know, worship reminds us that God is worthy and we are not. Worship reminds us that God is worthy, and we are not. He is worthy, and I'm not. That while I was still a sinner, God died for me. Grace is unmerited favor. I didn't deserve it, but God loves me so much. He loves you so much that he died for us. But when we focus on what isn't God, then we are worthy, and God is not. Yes, I love you and I praise you, Lord, and, and you're awesome, but we get in the car and go home. And what we truly worship is what we truly trust. And what we truly trust places ourselves first and God second. So I'm going to ask some essential worship questions as we wrap up this message today. I want you to write these down on the Uversion app. And I told you, seatbelt verse. I'm trying, all right? I'm doing my very best, but God's word is living, it's active, it's powerful. So here's some essential worship questions to ask. First question is, where do I spend my time? Where do I spend most of my time? Where do I spend my time? Where, where are you at all the time? There's some folks, you're, I mean, you're, you're always here, you're always serving. There's some folks, you're always out there giving, serving, But you know, where do you spend your time? Number two is, is, is where do I spend my time? Money, because you can say, "I don't. I worship Jesus." Well, let me give me your login, your bank account, and I'll see who is Amazon. Who is that? You know, Uh, how do? Where do I get my joy from? And so many of us, we've exchanged the truth for a lie that comfort will bring us joy. That we're looking for the next best news, or we're looking for the next quick fix. And so in that we say, man, where do I truly get my joy? And the last one is what's always on my mind. Man, what's always on my mind. 16, um, 16 years ago this month, I got to marry uh, love of my life, Pastor Lindsay. And I remember 16 and a half, 17 years ago, when I first met her and I first saw her, she was always on my mind. I remember she was on my mind so much, we worked at the same church. And uh, I remember, I mean, I would, I would work late. People were like, you're working late? Yep. Why? Because Lindsay's still here. <laughs> just hoping to see her. I remember when I bought a, a wedding ring to propose. I mean, I had it on the on my nightstand. I would look at it every single night and just begin to think, is she going to say yes? Is she going to say no? She might say no. So I need to trick her. You know, like... <laughs> I need a bigger rock. I need a bigger diamond. I always thought about her. I wanted to spend money on her. When we started dating, I said, let's go to some nice restaurants. And then we went to a place called Timbers. Come on, y'all. We wanted to go to a nice place. We ate like 20-year-olds, right? Now we're like, oh, dear God, I want to eat that. But I wanted to spend money on her. I wanted to spend all my time with her. I had joy when I saw her because she was always on my mind, friends, let us not forget about our first love and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. May he always be our inner minds. Man, may he always, man, may he always have, have my heart, not my, have my money and my heart. May I always find joy being in the presence of God. And you know what church, I'm not always the best at all these either. But sometimes I make mistakes, sometimes I screw up, I mess up. But I love this in John chapter four. Jesus goes to a woman at the well, and she's at the well because she's basically an outcast in her city. She's had, what, uh, five guys, five guys have come and gone. She's with the man now, but Jesus shows up. And this is what Jesus says to her. We can have a conversation. She's going, you can't, I'm a woman, you can't talk to me. I mean, you're, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, you can't talk to me. What are we doing? What are you doing? And Jesus begins to have a conversation with her. And she goes, Sir, you must be a prophet. You're telling everything about me. You, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? What she's saying is, why does, why does God's chosen people get to decide that this is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans, we claim this is worship over here. So she's talking about the location of worship, where our ancestors worship, And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming, it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain, or in Jerusalem, or on Sunday morning, or at this church, or over here. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it is here now, when true worshipers we worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He's saying it's not about location, it's about spirit and it's about truth. And it's not about location, but it's about your heart and your mind. For God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. When Jesus says spirit and truth, it means God desires worshipers who are in tune with Him. God desires worshipers. We're in tune with him. Will you do me a favor? Will you stand with me, please? And I want to ask us to, to worship in just a moment. And I want to ask you guys, will you lift your voice today? And will we sing worship beyond a song? Worship beyond music. Mark chapter 12, Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. With all your strength what is essential for worship today it's not music and it's not a microphone it's not music and it's not a microphone but it's our heart and it's our soul and it's our mind and it's our strength delighting lighting in Jesus there's a psalm Matt Redmond wrote uh, several several years ago It's called The Heart of Worship. It's The Heart of Worship. And it begins when the music fades and all that's stripped away, I simply come. If you know that song, I want you to sing with Abby. And I want us to be able to just posture our hearts just for a few minutes to say, Lord, forgive me. Maybe there's some idols we need to lay down on our lives. Maybe there's some even just new mindsets on how we really perceive what worship is. Instead of saying it's too loud in here, instead of saying that I like the songs, instead of saying it needs to be catered to me, if I was created to worship, God's going to take any song from my heart. And he's going to take anything that I say because I was created to worship him. Go ahead.
1: When the music fades all is stripped away and I simply come I'm longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart and I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required And you search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart
0: of worship. It's Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. you. Father, I personally want to thank you just for the reminder this week. The reminder this month. That although you got a good plan for our lives. Good, not of evil although you placed gifts on the inside of us we were created on purpose and for a purpose although you brought us from darkness into light because you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son Father I thank you for a reminder today that first I was created to worship I was created to give you all the praise and all the glory you're here today and you're saying pastor, I need to give my life back to Jesus. I need to recommit my life to Him. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, pastor, I don't know Him. I grew up in church and I still didn't know Him. If that's you today and you're ready for me to pray a prayer with you, for some it could be just words, but for for you, it could be your prayer. To be the one that could Bring you from dark, darkness into the light. Gospel doesn't make bad people good. The gospel takes us and saves us and heals us and changes us and brings us to the light. Amen. If that's you today. Every head every eye closed, just put a hand up and put it right back down. That's all you need to do. Just put a hand up. If that's you. Yes. One, two, anyone else? Three. That's three hands. Three. Anyone else? Come on. Three, three, four, four hands right there. Come on, four hands. All right, I'm, come on. All right, I want us all to pray prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for my sins. Say, repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Is that the best way you know how. I'm going to worship you because I don't know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on.